It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. Welcome, everybody. We got some. Uh, we got and some full table. You have a full table. Oldie but goodies here. Mm, uh, shots fired. No, you thought. You thought. I, I didn't take it that way. You thought like, I was talking I to you, Eric, but I was talking to this yeah. man right next yes. to me. Hello. It's been a while, Tyler. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Um, missed you, Spencer. Good to have you back as well. It's good to be here. Got Zach in the house as usual, and uh, I don't know if I want to claim you but uh my daughter faith depending on what she says say hello faith hi okay so if it really if you have brilliant things to say you are so my daughter thank you other than that you're uh you're eric's daughter so eric mejia in the house eric thank you for for being here thanks for having me yeah man we're excited about this so hey listen we have uh here at this table not only at least one gen zer among us we have what we have more. Like, no, I got to look. One, no. no, yeah, we just have I'll, one. We okay. saw this. All right, <laughs> good. We have one Gen Zer among us. We have a couple of millennials and some Gen X. All right, so we're we're pretty well rounded here. All yes. of us are working with Gen Z millennials. We've been doing that for a long time now, and. Uh, and, and we got a problem that everybody's been talking about for a long time. I thought we, we might have a different take. This crowd might have a little, little different take on that. Gen Z has left the church, and I don't know if they're coming back. So, what's going on out there? What are you guys seeing? We're seeing, we're hearing the stats. We're seeing stuff. Uh, you know, uh, Zach, you had some some numbers in your head. What were a couple of those? Yeah. So, I read that one out of every two. Gen Zer that graduates high school leaves the church or leaves their faith, mm-hmm. and then hopefully will come back at some point. Yeah. Uh, but as a whole, there's a rise in like nuns, people that just don't know what they believe, mm-hmm. and spiritual nomads. You meant like Catholic mm-hmm. nuns? Yeah, nuns. There's a rise in nuns. Yeah, yeah. So, they don't know what they believe. Yeah, like <laughs> not not claiming. Well, yeah, I stand by what I said. Yeah, to go deeper on that though, so like in the '60s, that was like maybe five percent of America claimed they were in that category of non. I'm non religious or non whatever. I'm just not claiming anything. And uh, with Gen Z, it's like thirty something percent. It's huge. Wow. It's, a, it's a third. It's a third. The number of atheists alone in Gen Z has doubled from just millennials. So we're talking like in a in a fifteen year span. So crazy. so like if you looked at your friends in high school, what percentage would you give it? Go to church. Um, I would say that probably over for fifty percent of the uh, high schoolers that actually do go to church are being forced to go to church. Fair. Yeah. So I wouldn't say a lot of them go willingly. I would, but I would come back and say that's pretty much ongoing from beyond this generation. But isn't that, that I, the point though? Like Gen Xers stop making their kids go to church. I think and then that's the point no one where goes. I want to go to is that I think it's not the point of people being forced. I think people, kids have been, been forced to go to church for a long time. And I think that starts some of that. But then we got to the, we got to the place where we started having the, it's okay now, hmm. right? The Gen Xers went, Hey, 
My parents did this. I hated it. So guess what? You, you get a choice. Ah, so the right? problem could be in the Gen X parent who got forced and dragged to church like uh, we did. And we're like, we're not doing that to our kid. I think that's where, I think a lot of where this is stemming from. It's not just the, the epidemic isn't starting with the kids right now. I think it started two generations ago mm-hmm. with kid with Gen Xers who said, hey, I don't like this. And guess what? I've made up my mind that when I become a parent or I have kids, I'm going to give them choices, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and I think it's been a, I think it's caused a whole bunch of ripples in the church now. Mm-hmm. And now we've just gone from generation to generation where it's becoming more like now we get the don't have to go at all. Mm-hmm. You know what? Mm-hmm. You don't need to believe anymore because guess what? I don't even really believe anymore mm-hmm. and I'm your parent. So mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of trickled down and it's, and it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, I'd say let's just keep piggybacking off of that. So my grandma would say, I had a drug problem growing up. And this is like my straight la- lace yeah. Pentecostal grandma. Mm-hmm. She was drugged to church every time it was open. That was her joke. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, they were made to go. There was a way that things were. And that's just, it was black and white. This is how it is. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. And we're moving away from that in a, in a generation. Yeah. But now I think you also see parents that are super, super busy. So if parents have the ability to make the most influence on their students or teenagers, their kids, uh, and they're not feeling it, they're not going to make their kid do it, they're super busy, it all just kind of creates this perfect storm. But that's interesting because if you're busy, when we get busy, we what's the first thing we do as humans? We cut all the non-important items. So somewhere along the way, church lost value yeah. it lost value to first gen x and then it's trickled down to gen z so where did where did things move away how did how did church lose value in the sight of a generation why did why did people put it to the back burner when we got busy so i have a thought and it's a, it's an obscure one but i'd like to hear your guys's uh take on it so i kind of tied the the leaving of the church to divorce rate and so I was, I don't remember who I was speaking to, but we actually had a conversation about Ooh. why there's so many mattress stores <laughs> and and why it makes sense. And this is really strange, but they talked about there's so many mattress stores because there's now more split households than ever before. All right. This is interesting. Let me, this is a good opportunity <laughs> to introduce our brother Neil in the house in the background here. Our resident fact checker yeah, has been waiting for something. Neil. We need to know what the divorce rate in America is today. When you find something, you let us know. Yeah, so he'll pop in, right? So, yeah, he will. So I, I have a belief that through turmoil and through split families, they don't want to force their kids into something that they naturally just don't like doing. 40 to 50% of marriage couples in the United States go 40 to 40 to 50%. 40 to 50%. So, yeah, so I, I feel like through turmoil, through um, through all those issues that they're going through, going through divorces, that they're not forcing their kids to go to church. And it's it's kind of taking a back burner through a lot of family issues. I, I want to piggyback on that because I think it's a good road to to travel down because I think you get that 40 to 50 percent. We're talking, you know, national and then you break it down into the church level. And it's about the same percentage. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So we're so not only are we looking at it as a whole right now, we're looking at it within the church. Well, what mm-hmm. happened to couples that pray together, stay together? Yeah. What happened to that, right. man? Well, so 
I'll go back to the point where we started from a couple decades ago where mm-hmm. church lost its umph, mm-hmm. where church became how cool can we make it, how great can we entertain, how much can we uh, provide something that'll that'll get somebody to come back and not really change our metric of what sec- of what success is within the church. It became how many butts and seats, how much money is being brought in, and had nothing to do with transformation anymore. Mm-hmm. It had everything to do with, well, we had this many people here. We're doing really good. Right? Uh, but at the same time that that's occurring in our culture, we have uh, uh, another uh, kind of narrative that's saying, you know, you, you don't transformed. You're perfect the way you are. Sure. Be who you are. Yeah. There's no need for a transformation. Absolutely. What the wor- what what the church sees is right off yeah. is just natural. That's who you are. Be yeah. that. And I think that's a great point of where this is kind of rolled into now. Mm-hmm. Why it's lost lost its significance. Mm-hmm. Why the church is now on, on the back burner. Because we're no longer seeing who Jesus is and what Jesus can can do and and how he changes people. Instead, mm-hmm. we're just seeing how to make you better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Let's get a, we, we, we've got to throw a little Bible in here. Mm-hmm. That's not the process. Mm-hmm. The process is to be different. The process mm-hmm. is to be like him, mm-hmm. not a better version of me, mm-hmm. right? So, and mm-hmm. yet that's what the church has gone to. Mm-hmm. So, with that, why the divorce rate? within the church is matching what is happening out there because I'm becoming a better version of me, but yet me has a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me has stuff that I don't even know how to deal with, mm-hmm. but I've been told by the church now that it's okay to keep my issues mm-hmm. as long as I'm somewhat becoming and doing good things. Zach, you look like you wanted yeah. to jump in and say something. No, I think Tim Keller was talking about that shift recently, like from objective to subjective, mm-hmm. from what is true to what do I feel mm-hmm. is true. Yeah. And that's what guides the next generation. So, but I was I was thinking real quick, I was, thinking, I was reading a book called Growing Young, which is all about helping churches not grow old, but to grow younger mm-hmm. and get young people connected to the church. And it seems like what applies to the students applies to the parents also. Mm-hmm. And number one on that list was... You know, be real about who Jesus is. Yeah. Be real about what Jesus does. Like they're not looking for something more. They're looking to be challenged and push forward. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Faith. Um, I guess so. When I think about this problem, I think I approach it more from like a. I don't think the average high schooler wants to go to church because they don't want to put the work into building relationships with other people at church. And I feel like church is really about relationships you build with other Christians and fellowship. That's a good one. And so I just like. I, I attend church, but I don't go to my youth group, and it's just partially because I don't want to put the work into making relationships with people who I don't think I can relate to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but you, you can't church re- is like a weird yeah. mashup of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it has it yeah. has a tendency I mean, to it's draw. It's a real community. Like, and, yeah, people are just difficult and yeah, good and messy and beautiful and all of, all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. So, sure. mm-hmm. and I think there's a there's something to be said. Faith, I think that's such a perfect um, place because. Uh, we've had this thing called technology now that has allowed us to no longer know what relationship is, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Relationship to this generation is what's up. O M G L O L. Right. Mm -hmm. It's communication. It's, it's not even community. You don't even know how to communicate. It's bad communication. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no, I don't know how to have a conversation. Let's be honest. I really don't know how to come up to somebody that I don't know at church and say, Hey, what's up. Right. Instead. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
I've actually seen, to your point, I've actually seen on Facebook, on a worship leader website, actually, um, worship leader forum, they were discussing the rise of online campuses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, That's everything's through social media. And uh, they like to twist it and say that it's actually a way to get people that are already online back into the church. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I don't think that's actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's so you can attend somebody's church that's a celebrity pastor that's, you know, 3,000 miles away. That's okay. the danger yeah. of it for sure. Yeah. But I and I think those relationships on your phone, like who sends me the best memes or shares my content, likes, comments, like those all play to my feelings. Mm-hmm. Of the, these relationships make me feel good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And relationships don't always make you feel good. So yeah, yeah that's super right. That's tough. the thing. Yeah. It's always safe. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the, the battle. The church is what the church is. It's real people battling through these things. Right. And that's not near as sexy as having some memes or something on Pinterest or Tumblr or whatever it is that you can go to, get that quick Tumblr? advice that makes you feel better. <laughs> He's emo. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Tumblr guy. Don't, yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> but either way, like, you can go there, get what you want, makes you feel good, and it sounds intelligent because they packed it into two lines, and then you get out. Or you can stop that conversation with someone because, oh, sorry, man, I got busy. Didn't get to finish that conversation with you. You don't have to f- really go down any of those roads sure. when you're staring face-to-face mm-hmm. with someone who is either calling you out, trying to build you up, has an actual expectation because you're trying to grow, they're trying to grow. There's none of that on there. Sure. Yeah. I also feel like a like a, lo- a lot where like that miscommunication like comes in play is also like I feel like high schoolers don't want to think about things either. So when they think about going to church, they think about like deep questions and actually having to like put effort into something, and they just really don't want to like think about answering questions or think about having oh, like, tension there deep conversations with people. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So what I'm hearing is the value of relationships. The more you can get a student connected to somebody inside the church. And not just one somebody, but multiple somebodies. Mm-hmm. And relationship all starts with like some sort of shared experience or shared interest. You got to find that common ground. Mm-hmm. Then the more sticky them. And that's a good pivot because here we all see the problem, right? If you're a church leader or a youth pastor listening to this, even a parent of a teen that you wish would go to church listening to this, you know, if we continue down this path, there isn't going to be much of a church in our country a few decades from now. Absolutely. Right? We're 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 already dwindling, but it's going to escalate and we're going to shrink quicker. So what what do, what do we think is needs to shift? What needs to change in, in order to reset um you know, really not just church as the institution, but reset like the idea of purpose. Why are you here on this earth, creator? Like, you know, God into the hearts and minds of young people, which, by the way, young people, when you, when they when, when we're surveying them, say that they're religious in some way, maybe not really spiritual. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. a better word. Spiritual. Yeah. Well, Neil, Neil, how many Gen Zers consider themselves spiritual? Let us know if you find the answer to that. <laughs> so that was what, yeah. that was uh, actually my, my next point. My one of two points um, that I had for this conversation was I believe that we're in the era of uh, of reason again. Um, mm-hmm. It's happened before spiritual liberalism. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're now in the era of reason. People want to know answers and they want to know tangible answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in a place now where it's it's very hard to put to answer everything, especially when we're trying to also as church members and Christians leaning into the gray um, to quote thrice there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're definitely in a, 
we're definitely in a weird spot. And I think that's mm-hmm. why we're seeing the rise of new ageism as well mm-hmm. is because they're trying to put answers to things that don't necessarily make sense to he- us here on earth. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of Gen, Gen Zers, Gen Zers, sorry, mm-hmm. are, they're looking for answers and they're looking to answers for tough questions. And I don't think the church has always provided those answers in mm-hmm. a uh, substantial way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, uh, I couldn't find a what, specific which, one for the Gen Z, but it says all right. that about 27% of Twenty seven percent US adults in you know, All right. the United States consider themselves spiritual. About a third. About a third of adults in the US consider themselves spiritual. All right, interesting. So what, what year was that? Yeah. Uh, April twenty fifth and June fourth of this year. All right. Mm, wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Recency. That so, already sounds like way lower yeah, than I'm real. comfortable with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, One of the kids uh, are even lower. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it's oh, yeah. probably just dipping. Uh-huh. I know even for millennials, it was like millennials make up close to twenty percent of the population uh-huh. and less than ten percent of the church. Mm-hmm. Like you're seeing a dip where we're mm-hmm. severely underrepresented. Mm-hmm. But all right, so Eric, you. You pastor a church, um, one of uh, one of few churches that actually does a great job reaching young people. What do you see in general needs to shift? Like what? Or maybe what do you see that's working for you? I don't know. What? what well, the first thing missing? that I would come a, 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 and say what I've first of all, you got to change your metric of success, mm. and no longer how many people are here but what's happening in people's lives. And mm. um, I had a great conversation yesterday. Mm. A guy that's been coming to the church, um, he probably falls into the older millennial. He's 30. He's mm-hmm. probably right at the edge mm-hmm. of what the millennial crowd is and uh, grew up in the church, walked away from the church, uh, served in the military, has, a, has PTSD, has... A bunch of stuff that he didn't figure out he had until mm-hmm. years after, mm-hmm. but tried to wonder why things weren't working. And he starts coming to the church, and um, and it's funny because when I first met him, the guy's six eight, four hundred pounds. He's this monster dude. I was at his house yesterday, showing me a gun collection that I was just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he's he stops and he says, Erica says he says, man, I have not felt this good in so long. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, he said, ever since I just allowed God back into my life, I've seen change. And he said, and the change came because he said that people started loving him who Mm -hmm. didn't even know him. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the shift I think is that measure of success that says what's happening in people's lives over who was here. And the whole relational, what I would, what I've tagged it within the life of our church is relational discipleship. It's loving people, mm-hmm. right? And how can I meet them where they're at? Mm-hmm. And not just try to say, if you're not where I'm at, we can't hang out. Mm-hmm. But it's more like, hey, um, of this tier of generation that would say, I'm always looking backwards, meaning mm-hmm. if I'm in my 60s, I should be looking in my 50s for that person that I can love on. Mm-hmm. If I'm in my 50s, I'm looking to my 40s, so on, and then just working our way down. Mm-hmm. But I'm never done, but I'm never done raising kids, mm-hmm. right? And I've had people in the life of the church point blank say this to me, I'm done raising kids. When I've mm-hmm. said, hey, man, would you meet with this younger guy? Mm-hmm. Would you 
hang out with this person. Mm -hmm. And that was the response that I got. Mm. And so now we have churches Mm -hmm. that have this older population in them who aren't doing anything. Yeah, and that, and and so for a lot of people listening, I think, well, that's you know, it should be an easy fix. Like we do need to shift what how we measure things, but it's not an easy fix because it's the the institution of church is not built on that, right? If you are a church planner and you're starting a church and you're getting funding from somewhere, most likely that funding uh, is based on how many people they expect you to reach within a given time frame. If you're not reaching that or growing at a certain level then, you know, funds will eventually be cut off or you'll be replaced. So it is a quantity. Nobody's going and saying, Eric, I'm going to give you, uh, I want to seed you $200,000 over the next three and a half years. And I want to see, you know, what do I want to see? I want to see you have, uh, I want to see a couple of people's lives transform. No, 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 no. I expect you to be out of, uh, you know, conditional, the, the, temporary warehouse that you're in the school that you're setting up right because you need to be able to pay for rent you need to be able to pay for a building in order to do that you've got to have tithers in order to have tithers you got to have people attending it's a system it's a business and you can over spiritualize it any way you want but as long as we keep treating church like a business it is supposed to die and so maybe that's the best thing that does happen maybe we shrink back to you know smaller local bodies that don't have a place to meet but a home yeah. or a small warehouse somewhere. Yeah. Then that kind of like almost forces those intergenerational relationships Absolutely. where the old people are able to play like, you know, spiritual parents to some of these younger people. Mm-hmm. I mean, like hypothetically, Faith, mm-hmm. if a bunch of older guys said like, hey, would you uh, share your voice on Gen Z? Like maybe we're going to shoot a podcast. Would you be willing to like hang out and share? Like I... Well, here I am. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I think they'd be willing to spend time with older people, especially if it's like focused in on an interest Mm -hmm. in that young person that maybe that old person Mm -hmm. has a ton of experience in. Like you Mm -hmm. hang out, I I think of your wrestling mentor. He's an older guy and he's a little bit crazy, but like he shows up at every one of your matches Mm-hmm. and teaches you his ways. He's like the Miyagi to your uh, Danielson. Thank you. And yeah. through that relationship, you know, has influence. Mm-hmm. So, so so what I hear you saying is unless we get Gen Zers meaningfully involved in the church in a way that's important to the church, and then it's, we're not going to really see them get involved. Yeah, I do think that's another sticky point. Like if they have ownership over something, mm-hmm. even if it's small, if they have buy-in and they feel like they're a part of this community, like a part of the mm-hmm. body, they're more likely to stick around. Absolutely. I don't know. I feel like the only way to get Generation Zers or like high schoolers to actually do something other than smoking out or looking on their phones or playing video games all day is to actually get them interested in something they're passionate about because that's when they start like talking and wanting to get involved and getting excited. But I feel like so, a lot of high schoolers yeah. don't know what they're passionate about and so they just kind of do whatever and waste so, so in other words don't put you on the usher team don't have you greeting yeah like, don't have you passing the yeah. communion play <laughs> right, right. and, and oh like oh Bird you can babysit control. we need help in child care yeah like, that's nothing i'm gonna jump to do you know no we're gonna be like I don't what is go. gen z that's passionate about weird stuff <laughs> weird different stuff smoking but, out 
<laughs> right. yeah. social media, all those things. Yeah, that's a new industry. <laughs> so I, I think it's a mix between those two. It is finding the interest that they are already interested. In, that's bridging the gaps, yeah. and then you know, honestly, just making way for a new generation coming in. That's a little bit harder to understand for older generation. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. But part of it is just the elements of giving some kind of opportunity mm-hmm. for them to actually play a real role in, grow, be a part of something, and the encouragement. I mean, for me, growing up, I was just this hardcore kid that, you know, going to shows all the time. Um, when I started following Jesus, I went to a very, very Southern Baptist church. I was a blue mohawk among a bunch of, like, white hair, mm-hmm. old, old people. But they let me in there, didn't judge me on that, and gave me opportunities to actually help out and do things, encouraged me, even though, like, they told me they liked my hair and my, you know, style and i know they were lying but that was okay they loved me really really well in that and that was already enough it doesn't matter that their stuff at that time was boring not that we need to we, we need to get better about what we offer but that, those are two elements that i think huge. that's that's kind of what eric said is that we need to get the older generation to invest in the younger people mm-hmm. genuinely and then coming alongside and letting them because it's going to be different for everybody letting them try to understand what they're passionate about. Yeah, that was yeah. one of the six keys to the, mm-hmm. the growing young church. One mm-hmm. was empathy for yeah. the next generation. Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of starts yeah. with yeah. praying and caring. Man, you guys, there's so much good content on this. Um, so I, I really appreciate everybody's thoughts. Anyone have any, any kind of final something that they were thinking about that they wanted to, to kind of say in relation to this topic? I, I would say, you know, as I hear just kind of the passion and, and what are they passionate about? And I do believe that this generation is a product that simply came from a, from another generation that didn't show that, didn't mm. know that. You look at our generation as an as X. There's no sense of passion. There's no sense of anything. There was just this em- this this emptiness. And I think it's just transferred on now to where but now it's even gotten worse because there's nobody modeling that but if you take an example and i'll put you out here joe mm-hmm. as someone who has a daughter sitting right here right mm-hmm. who has become passionate about something mm-hmm. and has taught their kids now how to be passionate about something so i i just mm-hmm. take it back now to the there's the issue with this with this generation leaving the church but I really feel the problem mm-hmm. is coming where the parent is is trying to get the parent mm-hmm. back to that place mm-hmm. with purpose and passion. Mm-hmm. And I think when we begin to sow into that and mm-hmm. figure that out mm-hmm. is where this generation coming up is going to see something that's finally being modeled mm-hmm. by the people that actually care about them yeah. and that and, and that they're looking at and they're seeing. But and I and I really don't think until we conquer that until we you know uh, find out how to how to get our hands into that generation that x generation mm-hmm. it's it's just going to continue to get worse mm-hmm. because as we're getting older we're getting worse mm-hmm. we're getting worse you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's 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 because we're becoming more distant from so many things mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're just we don't care mm-hmm. you know and and so we're now saying that and we're practicing that and we're modeling that Mm -hmm. so it's just trickling down Mm -hmm. even more yeah there Mm -hmm. you have it ladies and gentlemen we've got uh we got a lot a lot of issues but we got a lot of of hope too we got a a lot of things that we could shift 
that can make a great difference. And uh, and Faith, I just want you to know, uh, great job. I claim you as oh, my daughter. Thanks, Dad. You are allowed back for another podcast. Nice. So. What about Zach? Go I, I don't know. We're still we're still yeah. filling it out with Zach. So anyway, nice. thanks guys. Till next time. For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.